Hey guys, thanks for listening to another episode of Wellness Digest. This episode is a long-awaited one that Tatum and I were thinking that we probably should have done a while ago because it really is the first step before you go into any parasite protocol, before you go into really any protocol to heal a chronic illness. This is the step that Tatum and I started at, that I start pretty much every single one of my clients at, and that is your drainage and your drainage pathways. Drainage is so important because when we are going into something like a parasite protocol, our body drainage pathways have to actually be open in order for us to eliminate those parasites, those toxins, those chemicals, all of the things that are built up in our body. And if our drainage systems aren't open before we go into a protocol, it can make us feel really sick and have not great reactions. Drainage is a super important process in your body that needs to be functioning correctly in order for you to maintain um, amazing health. So in this episode, we're going to lay out for you what drainage is, signs that you might need to have your drainage addressed, and then tell you a little bit about the drainage funnel and how to keep all of your drainage pathways open. We hope you guys enjoy this episode and it is super helpful in starting your healing journey. What's up? Welcome back to Wellness Digest for another episode. An episode that has been long awaited, something that like we should have done a long time ago. And this is an episode that I feel like people will really be wanting to hear because we've been talking a lot about all these different ways to heal your body from parasites to gut issues, all these things we've been talking about. But The first step really before any of that is to address your drainage pathways and detox pathways within your body. And so Liv's going to give us a little lesson today on drainage and detox, because that is such an important step before you really start any cleanse, um, protocol, detox, anything like that. Um, And it's a step that a lot of people miss because they don't know how important it is. So we are kind of going back in time a little bit, this is something we should have probably done first, right off the bat, before we talked about any of that stuff. And we mention drainage all the time and all of our other episodes and how important it is, but we really feel like it deserves a whole episode, um, for itself. So yeah, let's get into it. Yeah. I think that ourselves included, but people like, it's just more fun to learn about like how you can actually solve your issues like parasites, mold, metals, emotions. And then drainage is really what comes before every single protocol. I remember I did a lot of like, like I even started my parasite cleanse before I did drainage. I know Tatum did a parasite cleanse before drainage. And that just does not set you up for success. Our bodies are so burdened um, with toxins, chemicals. We've talked about this literally a hundred times that there is a really important step that you need to do to allow your body to let go of those things. And that, like Tatum said, is called drainage. So this is the step we have basically preached about that you need to do before hopping into any detox protocol, parasite cleanse, you name it, your body needs to start draining. This step is so important because it opens up your body's pathway to allow you to get rid of the built-up toxins and chemicals 
that are in it. If we don't have our drainage pathways open, toxins and chemicals become very stagnant in our body. Yeah. So I feel like having poor drainage or just like shut off and stagnant drainage pathways is a really common issue for a lot of people. And I was going to ask you one, why do you think that is? Why do you think so many people have poor drainage in the first place? And then two, um, would you say that this is like probably a big reason why people don't see results from cleanses and stuff like that? Because I feel like, like myself, for example, you guys have heard my parasite story. If you listen to our parasite episode, I talked about how I did an herbal parasite cleanse and I got really sick because I didn't address drainage first. There was nowhere, nowhere for those parasites to go once they died off. Um, so that is probably why it didn't work for me. So one, why do you think so many people have poor drainage? And two, is that a reason why a lot of people end up not seeing results because they don't address it first? Yeah. So first of all, I think every single person, unless you've worked on drainage, you have poor drainage. Um, Maybe we are born with good drainage, but if you think about, I know I keep saying like toxins and chemicals and people are probably like, you're annoying toxins and chemicals, but there are so many toxins and chemicals in our world. Um, So much of the grass and the plants and the food around you is sprayed with pesticides. Our makeup, our cleaning products have a bunch of chemicals and toxins in them. There's plastic and pollutants literally all around those. And those kind of clog up our pathways, which I will go into and tell you all the pathways. Um, But I think that we are just so overburdened from the time that we are born to now we're both 24, 25 addressing our health issues that these things um, really build up. And we also have shifted to a much more stagnant lifestyle. I feel like way back when people were moving a lot more like these parasite cleanses, detox protocols were like super normal for ancient cultures to do. It was just something that you did to keep your body up. And we like, don't do any of that anymore. So I think there's just a lot of stagnancy and chemicals and toxins, um, which is why so many people have poor drainage in the first place. Yeah. That's kind of what I was going to say. I think that we've definitely shifted to a more like sedentary lifestyle, even just like a lot of the jobs that we do. So many people work from home and like sit at their computers all day long. Like we just aren't as active as we used to be. Um, whereas like a lot of people like a long time ago used to walk to work or bike to work. Like that's just not common anymore. We drive cars everywhere, you know, um, I just don't move around as much. And so I feel like movement, like daily movement is something that's huge for drainage that I even myself will like go a whole week being like, oh my God, I like barely got any exercise this week. So um, I think that's a big one as well. It's just kind of a, just a, a shift in the, like our lifestyle um, over the years, we just have a much more stagnant lifestyle in so many different ways. Yeah. It's that and how chemicals and toxins have gotten so much bigger. It literally is just perfect for our body to get all clogged up. Yeah. And then your second question, would you say this is a big reason why people don't see results from their cleanses or whatever? Yes. Um, and Tatum, you were the perfect example. And I kind of have had a similar situation, but like when you did the parasite protocol, if your drainage pathways aren't open, you can't get rid of those parasites. And so they basically, the toxins, chemicals, the parasites, whatever you're working on, get stagnant and recirculate into your body, your liver, your body reabsorbs them. Um, and so then you're not really getting rid of anything. You are just stirring it up in your body, um, which is causing more health issues and you're not able to drain it. So yes, I think that not a lot of people know about the step and I didn't really understand it until I got like into my blood chemistry and all of those things. Um, but this is like, 
a vital step to health, whether you want to deal with parasites, whether you want to deal with toxins or chemicals, drainage is such an important step to just like keep consistency in your health um, as you are living throughout the years. Yeah. I think it also, uh, working on drainage really reduces like the physical stress in your body. Cause it gives your body like one less thing to have to worry about when you're doing a cleanse or a protocol or something like that, because our bodies can really only focus on like one big process at a time. Like if you're trying to do like, you know, eradicate parasites or whatever, that's what your body's focusing on when you're doing that protocol. And so to already have drainage worked out and like be flowing nicely is just like one less thing that your body has to do while it's already working overtime to cleanse from whatever type of cleanse that you're doing. So, um, I think that's just another reason why it's really important to set yourself up really well, um, before you start something like that. Yeah, exactly. So what is drainage? You might be wondering. Drainage is the body's way of removing waste and all of the toxins, pathogens, bacteria, chemicals we come in contact with. Um, When these systems are open, our body can actually detoxify on our own. It can get rid of the toxins, the chemicals, the bacteria, all of the things that we come in contact with. Technically, if our drainage pathways are open, our body can naturally detox because we have the liver, we have the kidneys, we have all these organs that are supposed to help us naturally detox, but because they aren't able to drain and able to do their job because they're so overburdened, we're having to like push all of this detox and do these cleanses and do these, um, protocols because our body is so stagnant. Um, I like to think of the drainage system as like the sewage system of our body. It's basically what gets all the BS out of our body. Um, and something to note is there's a bunch of different pathways. Again, we will dive into those, but all of these pathways are interconnected and rely on one another to work. So we need our colon to be working. We need to be going to the bathroom um, in order for our lymph to be moving. All of them are interconnected. So when you're working on drainage, you have to kind of look at the whole picture and make sure all of your drainage organs in the drainage funnel is working rather than just one um, kind of isolated drainage step, if that makes sense. And if our drainage pathways aren't open, like I said, we cannot detox the body and things get stagnant. And this leads to chronic illness in a bunch of built up BS. Tatum and I always talk about this, but I'm a strong believer that your body is supposed to work for you. We were, we had these bodies made for us to be able to deal with all of these things, get rid of them naturally, support us. Like our body wants to be healthy. It is just because we are so overburdened that our body becomes unhealthy. Um, and that basically is how we get to chronic illness, how we get to not feeling good, um, how we get to things like skin issues, mood issues, all the health things, IBS, SIBO that people deal with. So drainage is such an easy, good first step, and it is so, so, so important to address. Here's some signs, and this is kind of a hefty list, but I think that people will really resonate with some of these because I feel like there were some very specific ones that I resonated with, but these are some signs that your drainage is not working the way it should and it needs to be addressed. So I'm just going to list them off. Constipation, feeling that the bowels do not empty is another one. If you feel like you're going to the bathroom, but like it's not all coming out, that is a sign you need to work on your drainage. Chronic and general fatigue, I feel like is such a huge one. Um, If you were just feeling like really tired all the time, a sign your drainage isn't working. Mood problems, anxiety, depression, anything of that sort. Um, Poor brain processing and cognition. Our brains have their own kind of detox drainage system called the glymphatic system. And a lot of the times when you feel like 
a lot of brain fog and brain fuzz, that is because your brain is not draining and detoxing properly. Chronic inflammation, sleep issues, specifically waking up like between those 1 a.m. to 4 a.m. hours. A big one that I hear from people is edema. I think that's how you say it, or body swelling and retaining fluid. Like people have like really swollen ankles or their hands get really swollen. I hear that a lot from people and they're like, oh, I must have bad circulation. No, well, yes, you might have bad circulation because you don't have good drainage. And when your body's able to drain, water um, and fluids don't get retained in like your extremities, I guess. Skin problems, huge one. Yellowish face, skin, and eyes. That's really the liver um, that is not draining correctly. Suppressed immune system. If you can't clear infections or you're chronically ill, let's say you're like chronically getting something like strep throat, like every year, every so often you're chronically getting strep throat. Yes, that's a sign that there is a root cause, but it's also a sign that your body isn't draining these things properly. Morning stiffness, huge one. Swollen glands, cellulite, swollen glands, cellulite, and your body retaining fluid makes me think immediately the lymph system. Um, Like I know a lot of people who like, you can feel your lymph like your big lymph nodes on your neck, if those are swollen, drainage, drainage, drainage. Um, Another one is varicose and spider veins, kidney problems, breathing or lung issues. That means your body is stagnant and not getting the stuff out of your lungs and your respiratory system that it needs to. A huge one. Oh my gosh, this one I did not realize before, but you don't sweat. Like I know some people who will do the hardest workout in the world and their body will literally not sweat. I am like, I sweat like looking at the sun, but if your body is not sweating, that is not a sign that you are just gifted from God with no sweat. (laughs) It is a sign that your skin's pathway and your drainage pathways are not open. And then the last one, puffy eyes, that was a random one to end off on. But if you can see, those are like all things that, that just show that your body is stagnant and that you need to work on drainage. So I know that that's like a large variety of symptoms that could be a bunch of different things. But if you, again, we talk about making connections. If you have like a bunch of these, you're like, okay, I have brain fog, fatigue, skin issues, and I'm always swollen and I don't sweat. That would probably mean you need to work on drainage, but I'm going to go out on a limb and say every single person needs to work on drainage, whether you're feeling healthy, sick, whatnot, our bodies need the extra health with the current environment that we are in. Yeah. And I think it's really important to remember that drainage is not just like a thing you work on once and then you move on to the next step because we shall always talk about the order of operations and there's like a way, an order in which you should do these things. But um, drainage is kind of one of those things that you should kind of always go back to and constantly check in with your body to make sure that it's still functioning properly. Like myself, for example, worked on drainage for a few months. Now I'm on the step of parasites, but like now that I've started my parasite cleanse, I've noticed a few drainage steps or like symptoms that have kind of come back a little bit. So I can like feel my body reacting and realizing it needs a little bit more support on drainage while I'm doing parasites. So it's going to be one of those things that like is pretty consistent. You should always be working on it and kind of figuring out what are your main symptoms that you usually get related to drainage and like, what are the, what are the modalities that work for you? Um, to address that. So it's not just like a one-time thing and then you're done. Um, like Liv said, it's something that we need to consistently be working on because we're exposed to so much. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I've been working on, I mean, with every single protocol you do with every step in your health, you have to address drainage unless you are literally secluded living on an Island in nature, exposed to no toxins, chemicals in a bubble. 
in a bubble, your body needs some drainage, um, which is unfortunate the world we live in, but that's okay because there are a lot of things to help out our drainage. Yeah. So let's talk about the different organs in the body that are involved in drainage, because this for me is something that like, I think is so cool to learn. And I don't understand why, like, we don't know more about anatomy, like just as human beings, I feel like we should all have a basic understanding of anatomy. We're just so disconnected from our bodies. It's crazy. But like the drainage funnel, the organs that are involved in drainage are just so interesting to me because there's so many organs that I like literally didn't even know what their function was. And just wild to me that like, we have, we have so much going on in our bodies and so much that's trying to work for us. And like half the time, we don't even know what organs do what. So this part's really fascinating to me. Liv, go ahead and take it away. Yes. So what Tatum just mentioned is called the drainage funnel. And you can think of it as like, well, a funnel, obviously it's called a funnel. And so the first thing I'm going to list five different um, levels to the funnel. And basically you need to start from the bottom of the funnel and work your way up. So like I mentioned, all of the drainage areas are interconnected. You need the bottom part of the funnel to be working for the top part of the funnel to work. And these are basically the organs or systems in your body that are our main drainage detox organs. Um, and so I'm going to go over what they are and how you can support them. So the first one, we're probably all extremely familiar with this one is the colon. So the colon is the first place you need to start when you are working on your drainage. You need to be going to the bathroom pooping one to three times a day. This is a little bit out for debate. I would say two to three times means like your drainage system is absolutely working. One time, yes, we love that better than zero times. But the complete reality of it is that two to three times is showing that your body is in a healthy state for drainage. And Literally, probably like 90% of the population is not going to the bathroom even one time a day. Um, I talk to so many people who go poop like two times a week. So this is a great place to start. And this is one that a lot of people need help on. Some remedies, modalities that are helpful for um, supporting your colon's drainage are things like aloe juice. Um, I take like four ounces. I just honestly pour it at this point. I pour like half a cup, four ounces of aloe juice every morning. I drink that. That's a really good way to get your bowels moving, um, and to support your colon bowel mover. Um, bowel, bowel movers are just great. I have a few bowel movers that I really like. And also just before, because I know people are probably gonna be like, okay, where do I get these things? And what are the specific ones? I have this all linked on my Amazon store, which Tatum and I will post about, but I have like everything I'm listing linked on my Amazon store. So you can go straight there and get all of these things. Just a quick pause before that. Okay. Another easy one that we can all do is hydration. I recommend you drink half your body weight in fluid ounces. Um, and that's like a minimum. So take however much you weigh, divide it by two. That is how many fluid ounces you should be drinking. If you drink caffeine of any type, you need to add on like 12, 16, 32 ounces. Tatum is drinking her water right now <laughs> as we speak. Um, but hydration is a super easy one and people don't even realize how little water they are drinking during the day. So up your water, that will help your bowels. The other thing is leafy greens and fiber. The key to fiber is if you increase your fiber and you don't increase your hydration, you will be constipated. So increase your fiber, your leafy greens, your nice vegetables, and increase your hydration at the same time. And those are kind of the main ways that 
are the natural chill ways to get the colon moving. The other way is enemas, hydrotherapy, coffee enemas. This is a really, really, really good way to get your body moving and to make sure you're getting all that stagnancy out of your body. But it's like not really a beginner's thing. It's something that you can't just go into blind. You need to do your research on um, because it's it's kind of a big process. It's an invasive, it's an invasive thing. So coffee enemas, hydrotherapy, those type of things can be absolutely great. But that is like do your research, try these things first, and then go to coffee enemas or hydrotherapy. What about a saltwater flush? True. Yeah. Honestly, I forgot to I forget to mention saltwater flushes to everyone, which is interesting because we both do them. So the reason that I recommend, I'll, I'll touch on that, but the reason I recommend, um, like colon hydrotherapy and coffee enemas is because that gets into your large intestine and your liver that goes up like the bottom half of your digestion, saltwater flush. I don't know the exact measurements off the top of my head. So Tatum and I can post about this, but a saltwater flush is basically like when you wake up, you drink a good amount of salt. Tatum, do you know what the measurement is of salt? No, honestly, I just fill up my 32 ounce hydro flask with like warm ish water. Um, not like so hot that you can't drink it quickly, but like, you know, lukewarm water. And then I just do like a, maybe 10 grinds of salt Mm. in my water bottle. I don't really measure honestly. Yeah, I don't either. But the whole point of it is so basically you wake up in the morning, you drink really quickly the water with the salt, and that basically goes through and it cleans out your small intestine. So the colon therapy, the um, hydrotherapy, coffee enema, large intestine, the saltwater flush is for your small intestine. So that is a good way to make sure like all the intestines, the small and the large are um, draining properly. So those are also two modalities to get your drainage funnel working, but those are kind of the things that you need to research and get a little bit of education on before you try, because you just like crap yourself basically when you do those things. And so you want to make sure you're prepared before just like going into it. Yeah. And one more question about the colon, because you mentioned above, like a very common symptom of poor drainage is like not being able to empty your bowels completely. Like the feeling that like, when you go, you didn't get it all out. Is that, is that like a direct correlation to the colon or is that a different organ? Yeah, I think, yes, it is a direct correlation to the colon, but again, these are all interconnected. So it could be that your lymph is off. So then your colon is off and like, it's like the chicken or the egg first, but yes, that is tied to your colon. If you're not going to the bathroom, if you're not emptying, yes, it's your colon. So that is your first drainage task is to address the colon. Once you've started addressing the colon, all of these can be done simultaneously, but just work from the bottom up if you're wanting to like tackle one after another. The second one is the liver. I had no freaking idea how important the liver is. The liver is like, the liver is our body's little princess and needs to be treated so, so, so nicely because it filters all of our blood, all of our toxins, all of our chemicals, our hormones. If your liver is burdened, your health suffers. Um, So like I said, our liver filters our toxins and blood, and it also creates our bile. And our bile is super important because that digests our fats. So let's say you eat a really fatty meal and you kind of feel nauseous after it. You have an upset stomach. You're really gassy. That is a sign that your liver is having some issues and your bile is not fresh and working correctly. And I know a lot of people experience that. So if our liver is burdened and not working correctly, our bile becomes stagnant and rancid in our liver. Um, and that basically clogs up our liver. So our liver can't detox. So again, 
Liver, so important. How do you support your liver? There's about a million and 10 ways. Good news. And here are some of them. Tudka is one of my favorite supplements that I would literally recommend everybody, their moms, their dads, their sisters, their brothers be on. Um, it is from like Cellcore and a few other places have it. Again, these will all be linked. Um, and it basically is just like a super herb for your liver to let it detox on its own. There are some specific kidney and liver herbs. I have a specific KNL herbs mix that I love. Milk thistle tea is a great one. You can get it in bulk. You can get it in tea bags. You can get it in pill form. That's really great for the liver. Dandelion tea is great for the liver and burdock is great for the liver. Again, you can get all of those in any herbal form tincture, tea, you name it, you can get it. The other one that Tatum is now doing, which I love this one is castor oil packs and castor oil is basically, um, it's an oil, obviously, hence the name that you put topically on your skin. And it basically can like seep into your skin, into your organs. It doesn't just have to be put over your liver, but that's where I put it. Um, and it basically helps that stagnation. It helps your liver drain and detox. So what you do is we will also link this. Um, you put some castor oil on a castor oil pack and it's basically like, a what, what would you call it? How would you describe like the pack? It's like a, um, not fleece, but like towel like material almost. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's like a little oval shaped thing that you like put right over your liver, which is under your right side rib cage. Mm -hmm. You just place the part with the oil right there. And then you like tie it on. It has like little strings that you can tie around your body and, um, you don't have to sleep with it, but I just sleep with it at night so that I can get like maximum amount of time with it on. Um, and yeah, it, I have, I will say I've noticed, and I've been doing it for probably, I guess, two weeks now. Um, it's improved my sleep a lot. Not I I'm always a pretty good sleeper, but I feel like I've noticed a difference. And when I wake up in the morning, I don't feel as tired. I feel like I'm getting deeper, like well-rested sleep. So, and I feel like that is a perfect sign of that your body is draining more properly. And so you're able to sleep better. So we love mm -hmm. that. Yeah. Another thing I love for the liver is like eating food as medicine for the liver. So some things that are super helpful, which we talk about all the time are bitter foods, leafy greens, things like beets, um, and fatty acids like things in salmon. So those are all foods that are really good for the liver. Um, the liver is so important to support. If you're, if you're going to skip out on any step, the liver, you really cannot skip out on because if you drink alcohol, literally ever liver burdened. If you have taken medication, liver burdened. If you have any emotions of anger or stress, liver burdened. So liver, super important step needs to be given love. So that is the second step. It goes colon liver. And then the third one is the lymphatic system. And I think out of all of them, this is the one that like, I really didn't understand. And now I feel like the lymph is so important. So the lymph is Overall, our drainage system is our sewerage system, but the lymph is specifically like what, um, what leads things out of our body. So stagnant lymph leads to congestion. Um, you have a bunch of different lymph pathways and lymph nodes. You have some like in your groin, you have some, like, we all know the lymphs that are like in our neck, you know, when you get really sick and they get really stagnant. Um, you have a bunch of different, like kind of a lymph pathways and systems in your body that all need to be open to properly drain. And there's a bunch of ways to get these open. Um, some symptoms that I tie like specifically to this is things like 
edema, if you retain fluid, if you're constantly feeling like your lymph nodes are swollen, if your glands are swollen, cellulite is another big one. And then like varicose in spider veins, puffy eyes. If you're constantly feeling like really puffy in your face, in your body, um, that is a sign that your lymph needs to get moving. So how do you get your lymph moving? so many different ways. An easy one is to dry brush. I think Tatum and I both dry brush. It's basically brushing your body with a brush that is dry (laughs) and you go over all of your lymph systems and it basically just gets like the stagnant things in your body moving. Do you have something to add about? No, it's, it's just hard to visualize. I feel like, but it's like a little bristle brush. Mm -hmm. Um, so it's like the tiny little bristles, I guess, like kind of stimulate your, your lymphatic pathways and kind of help open them up. It's like tickling them almost. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like a really light process. It's not like you're like scraping your body. It's like very light. Um, the like kind of liquid and things your lymph is liquid. Um, that is like right, just super, super, super right below your skin level. It's just to get that kind of moving. So your body can escort all of these toxins and chemicals out. Yeah. I wanted to say like, I, I think the lymphatic system is the one system that I had a really hard time, like visualizing what it really is like, cause it's not really like an organ. Um, it's like all throughout our body. So I think it's helpful for me when I, I like literally Googled lymphatic system and you can see a diagram of the body and how it's kind of just like these little, little tunnels that liquid or fluid, um, flows through throughout your body all the way from head to toe. These just little tunnel systems for all types of fluid to kind of like flow through, flow through your body. And like Liv said, it's like sewer system. It's like cleaning things out and flushing all that liquid through. So, yeah. And so when things get, because it's like our, um, our fluid system, when things get stuck in that you can get kind of specific, um, chronic illness and issues with those specific organs. So if you have like a lot of stagnation in the lymph that is kind of in your throat, that can be a lot more like your cold, those type of sicknesses. Um, and so we just need to make sure that head to toe, because it's not just one specific organ, like Tatum said, it is a whole system. Our lymph is moving properly. Some other ways you can do that besides dry brushing is sauna. Sauna is perfect to get the lymph moving. Like think sweat, sweat is perfect for this. Um, bouncing or rebounding. I mentioned this on another episode, but it is a real thing that people do get a little trampoline, go to your local trampoline park and like rebound or bounce. They have literal classes for this now that you can go to, um, bouncing and moving is a perfect way to get your lymph flowing. So another way besides bouncing, if you don't want to like skip and bounce around is to just have daily movement, go on walks, workout, stretch, yoga, all of those things, um, move your body's lymph around. You know, those little like, um, shake board. Yeah. Things? That's is great that... for it too. Okay. I was going to say that that reminds me of that. I wondered. Yeah. The little vibrating wards. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Never tried one, but that honestly seems kind of fun. Another one is hot, cold therapy. And I know there's so many other reasons why people do hot, cold therapy, but like taking a warm shower and then ending it with like a 30 second, really cold shower in the morning. That is a great way to get your lymph moving. Um, Another one is lymphatic massage or drainage. You can get like specific massages where people know your lymphatic system and they purposely, um, drain it into those lymph nodes so it can go through your body's circulatory system and get out of you. Um, there's an herb I really like Mingistha. It's from Supreme nutrition. You can get it on Amazon again, linked on my Amazon store. 
And that one's super good to get your lymph moving. Red root is another one that gets your lymph moving and cleavers tea. You can take it in pill form too, but I just get it bulk from the herb shop. Um, and those are three really good herbs that help get your lymph moving. That was a big one. Colon, liver, lymph. The last two are organ and tissues and then your cells. So your organ and tissues also have their own drainage system and need to be detoxed. They're actually only detoxed when we sleep. That is why sleep is so important for um, our body to build muscle, to regenerate, to heal. If we get like a broken ankle or we get some tissue damage, sleep is one of the only ways that our tissues and our cells can regenerate. So if we are not sleeping well, if we are getting only four or five, six hours of sleep, or if we're sleeping like crap, our organs and tissues really aren't set up to be healthy. Um, something to note on this is that I mentioned earlier, our brain has its own pathway called the glymphatic system. Um, and that is also sleep is where our brain gets to regenerate, our cells get to repair. So how can you address your sleep if you're not sleeping good? Chances are you're not sleeping good because one, your drainage isn't working. Like Tatum just said, she's sleeping way better now that she feels like her drainage is working. She's doing the castor oil pack or two, you are having a root cause that you need to address that drainage will help address as well. So making sure you're getting seven to nine hours of sleep is literally key and something that I prioritize so heavily. I think a lot of people are like, oh, I don't have time to sleep that much. I have too much to do. But if you're going to prioritize one thing, prioritize your sleep and getting those hours because that is the only time your body gets to rest and regenerate. So, so important. Some things that I like besides just sleeping seven to nine hours, because obviously some people need extra support. One, like Tatum said, castor oil packs, that's helping her sleep. Another one is liposomal melatonin. Um, I think you've had this one, Tatum. I just really like it because it's easier for our body um, to digest and absorb. And I feel like with some melatonins, I wake up feeling like I got hit with a brick. <laughs> like I just took a, like a hard grade medicine and got knocked out. But with this melatonin, I don't feel like that. I feel like I wake up refreshed. What are your thoughts on it? Well, so I haven't tried liposomal melatonin, but I do know that you recommended it to me because I get bad dreams from like regular melatonin. And what were you saying? You explained to me why sometimes mm -hmm. people get bad dreams or like nightmares or weird. Yeah. Melatonin does a very good job of helping our body drain by stirring up toxins in our brain. So if, so we can basically get rid of them. Um, and so if you're not working on drainage and like maybe taking a binder or working on detox while you're taking melatonin, it can stir up all of those toxins and chemicals in your brain, lead them stagnant. Um, and then you can get things like really bizarre, vivid, scary dreams, which I've absolutely experienced. Um, so melatonin is great, but you need to be supporting all of your other drainage pathways. So those toxins don't get stirred up and then kind of just sit there in your brain. Another one that I like that I've recently been trying is rest from Hilma. It's just a, like a good blend of, um, of sleep herbs that I also like. That's not melatonin based. So it's more just like herbs to get your body to relax. And then reishi mushroom. We've talked about this mushroom 700 billion times. You can get it in so many different forms, but mushrooms are so, so good for your body for your brain. Um, they help your body get into a restful state and they are really good for your organs and tissues. So sleeping melatonin, some restful herbs and mushrooms are a great way to, um, drain your organs and tissues. Last one, 
your cells. We always talk about your mitochondria as well. They are the little powerhouses of your body, what give you energy. They absolutely need to be in this drainage funnel and addressed. They are the basic building blocks of our health. Um, The main ways that you're going to nourish your cells are things like fulvic and humic acid, which again, Tatum and I have specific minerals and supplements that we like to get our fulvic and humic acids because yes, you can get them from food, but again, with our whole food system, which we've already talked about, the mineral rich um, quality is not exactly there. So fulvic and humic acids, get those Um, mineral rich foods and drinks, um, having good like electrolyte powder, having um, a really mineral rich diet, like some of the mineral rich foods I love, I'm just going to think of two off the top of my head are oysters and pumpkin seeds. Those are super high in zinc and good minerals, great for our body. Um, And then the other one that is great for your mitochondria and your cells is like interval training, like sprints, like short, heavy lifting workouts, like doing those things that like really get your breath going for a minute. That kind of gives your mitochondria a little bit of a spike to start producing more energy. So just to repeat that, it goes your colon, your liver, your lymphatic system, your organs and tissues, and then your cells. Again, start from the bottom, start with the colon, work your way up to the cells. um, And that will basically set your body up to drain properly your next step, whether that means that you are getting rid of um, some toxins or chemicals, whether you are detoxing parasites, drainage needs to be done in order for your body to even naturally detox. So this is the first step and that is how you address your drainage. And wouldn't you say too, that like when you kind of start with, with the colon, you start at the top of the funnel, like the rest of the kind of organs below it will start to like slowly follow as you, you know, kind of work on the bigger ones. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So how long, like, I know this is very bio-individual, but with like your clients and other people that you have seen, like how long can this process take? Like how long might someone expect to need to work on drainage? Yeah. So again, like you said, it's bio-individual. I have seen from myself, from you, from the people Mm -hmm. I work with, it's like one to three months it takes Mm -hmm. to get your um, drainage really flowing. Again, think about all the years that we've had built up things in our body, depending on what age you are. And if you've really never supported your drainage, it's going to take longer. Um, And so it is bio-individual. So there are some ways to know that drainage is open and here are them. And this is kind of a good judge of where you can be like, okay, I feel like my body's draining. Now I can move on to detoxing. If you're pooping consistently, again, pooping daily, one to three times a day would love like the two to three times sweating consistently. You are getting movement every week. You are going sauning. You're doing whatever you need to, to get, um, your sweat going. If you're sleeping good, that is a sign, um, moving daily, like I said, um, and then brain fog and fatigue. I feel like those are such such common symptoms that show that your drainage isn't working correctly. So if you notice an improvement in your brain fog, an improvement in your fatigue, you feel like you have um, pretty good energy and your body feels good. Those are all ways to, um, to know that your body is finally draining correctly. Yeah. And, um, I just want to say that's so funny as I'm hearing you describe that. I was asking my boyfriend this morning because he just started Liv's drainage protocol and he's been doing it for like a week now. I was like, just asking him, like, how do you feel? Like, do you feel any different? And he was like, yeah, I just feel like he's like, I just feel like my body's just so much more open. Like I, my like stomach issues are kind of resolving. Like, I feel like I'm pooping more consistently. I have like less, like, just like 
gunk like feeling in my brain. Mm-hmm. Like I can think clearer. So he's already feeling a difference. So and that's the definition of drainage within one week. So yeah, he just described exactly what you said. So yes. Yeah. And like Tim said, it doesn't have to take like it can, your body, your body, it wants to drain. It yeah. wants to do that. So once you start supporting it, it will be like, OMG, yay. And it will, yeah, the flood start helping you out. And, yeah. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So to kind of wrap this episode up, if you could choose like the three most effective ways to open your drainage pathways, like you can only choose three. And obviously again, it's very bio-individual. Some people, some, some things are going to work better for others and some not for other people. So what would you say are like your top go-to three ways to open up drainage pathways right now? Okay. Yes. I have my three. And also everybody keep in mind, I'm a bit of an extremist. Like I like to do things to the max. Yeah. My three favorite things that I think have helped me the most are one sweating, whether that's me like running, whether that's me going to a sauna, that type of thing. I think sauna specifically two um, enemas, coffee enemas. That has been so helpful for me to detox and to get things out of me. And then my third one is Tudka and addressing my liver with Tudka. Tudka, coffee enemas, and sweating would be like my three that I, my three drainage things that I would take on a desert island with me. <laughs> on a desert island. That's funny. Um, And again, don't go try a coffee enema just because Liv just said that. You need to do the foundational work first. Coffee enemas are not your first, your first step, but that's just her favorite way. That is my favorite way. And I really did go into it kind of like not having done all this and just kind of went for it. And it was a, it was a frightening experience at first. So maybe we will link, (laughs) I have a good article that like tells you about coffee enemas and stuff. So maybe we will link that if people want to explore the world of enemas. Yeah. There's a lot of ins and outs to it. It's not like you can just buy any coffee, any, anything Mm -hmm. like it's very specific. So, um, yeah, if that's something you're like interested in and willing to try, maybe message live for a little bit Mm -hmm. more information. Yeah. 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 Okay. Well, I'm glad we did this episode. I feel like it's been, it's a well-deserved one. We've been needing to do this for a while because we always mention like little side notes here in our episodes, like make sure you work on drainage first, but we haven't really explained why or how. So, um, I think this was good. And Liv gave so many tangible tips in this episode. There are like a million thousand things that you can do right now to start working on drainage. And don't feel like you had to write all these down during the episode because mm. one, again, just one more time, I link these in my Amazon storefront. And I also have a drainage ebook that will be linked on my Instagram and my TikTok that will basically like write all this out for you and give you the links to the other things that I talked about, like the Tudka, the fulvic and humic acid, those things. So there are two resources that you can come back to. So you don't need to like pen and paper this whole episode to try to figure it out. Yes. And if you're on our email list, we will also send out an email about this episode with a lot of these things listed, more links, things like that. So you can get directly to the good stuff. And yeah, if you're not on our email list, be sure to DM us with your email and we will add you. And I think that wraps up today's episode. Yeah. Thank you guys for listening. See you next week.